Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Dubs. It's me, Bill T, and you're hearing this, that means it's Friday. It's time for our weekly podcast on Volkswagens, and this week we've got a cool podcast about bus hunting. Uh, Bus hunting and finding those treasures out there. Uh, I got Cecil Reed on the podcast today. Cecil Reed is the guy that found the infamous Utah junkyard buses. These buses were found in 2015. You get to hear the whole story about how these buses were tracked down. Luckily, these buses were not found and put on the Samba, but these buses were found, saved, distributed a bunch uh, amongst a group of friends, and all these buses are back on the road now, especially one bus that I've got big plans for coming up in the future with uh, some celebrity types out there. But yeah, wanted to give everybody a uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. Make sure you guys go on Apple iTunes, uh, or Apple podcast and give us a rating, give us five stars and also put a review there. It helps with our, uh, trackability on Apple where people can find the podcast. So a lot of people that may not be into it. Also, if you want to help the podcast, uh, share the podcast, share the posts, go on there. Um, I had somebody call me earlier this week, send me a message and said that they were listening to the podcast. And my voice is going really fast. And then they listen to it on the website and it's going at regular speed. Well, if you look down the left-hand bottom side of your Apple of your Apple Podcast app, there's a little arrow down at the bottom. If it says 1x, that's one time speed. If it says 1.5, that's one and a half speed. So check that if it seems to be going too fast or if it's going really slow and it sounds like I'm drunk, you may be at half speed. So uh, double check that. I know a lot of you guys are new to podcasts, but give that check and make sure you got your full capability of listening. Also, lots of crazy things have been happening in the VWC in this last couple of weeks. We'll be catching up on it in the next couple of podcasts, I promise. There's all kinds of stuff that I'm hearing going on out there back and forth between companies and people and all kinds of stuff. So we'll get into that on the next podcast, maybe two podcasts down the road. Next podcast gonna be going to be coming up is going to be Aaron Kahn, who brought his bug back out from the 80s. Still had his scallop bug that he had at Prado. So I saw Aaron down at the down at the Prado event, talked to him for a few minutes, got his information, and finally linked back up with him. So I uh, interviewed him about a couple weeks ago, and I'm just in the editing bay on that one, getting that one dialed in, ready for release. He's become a fan of the podcast, listening, so a lot of the guys are listening, really enjoy it. Guys, make sure we get some of your feedback. Go on letstalkdubs.com. There's a spot on the website where you guys can leave a voicemail. There's also a spot on there where you can send a direct message to me. You can also DM me on Instagram and send me a private message on Facebook as well. So I uh, appreciate the support, guys. Thanks for listening. And I know you guys are uh, loving the podcast because I'm getting tons of feedback. But, hey, it doesn't hurt to get more. So uh, we'll go ahead and listen to Episode 37 with Cecil Reed and the infamous Utah Junkyard Buses. Later. Hey everybody, today on the podcast I've got uh, a friend of mine out of Salt Lake City, actually more specifically out of Highland, Utah, Cecil Reed. Cecil Reed is, uh, he's a VW collector up there out of Utah. He's got several vehicles, uh, 67 21 window, 64 uh, 21 window, 62 11 window Turkish bus, which is one he pulled out of a junkyard, a 69 Westie, 74 Westie, and also a 70 double cab. So Cecil doesn't need any street cred because he's got plenty of vehicles that uh that he has to show that he's a hardcore vw enthusiast but the reason we've got him on the podcast today is there's always been that uh set of vehicles that 
seem to be unobtainable in your city, you know, whether they're in a junkyard or some old man's got a hoard that he's not getting rid of and he's saving them for his kids that are never really going to restore them or any of that kind of stuff. And on today's podcast, we're going to talk about the Utah junkyard buses and the story of five buses that were unobtainable for years and years. And Cecil was the guy that cracked the code. So I want to welcome Cecil to the podcast. Cecil, welcome. Hey, Bill. Good to see you. Good to see you, man. So uh, what I wanted to get you on about is with the Utah Classic coming up, there are five buses that you were able to salvage and you were really pivotal in, in finally getting this guy to release these vehicles. And we're going to get to that story. And the reason why I really wanted to talk about the story now is because with the Utah Classic coming up, f- at least four of those five buses should be at the Utah Classic. Is that right? So it's actually six buses. Oh, six. It, it's six V dubs, and uh, I think we should have at least five of them there. So. Oh, very cool. So, what we're going to do is uh, describe to me the story about these buses. Like, what, what, I mean, obviously, there's some folklore that goes with these things um, for, you know, what uh, were these things and how you first heard about them and, and, and all that. So, give me some background on, on where these buses were. Yeah. So, uh, to be clear, I, I had no idea about these until I wandered on this. So I'm not one of these guys who've actually been chasing this bu- these buses for a long period of time. So I, I install synthetic grass and I do uh, you know artificial turf and stuff like that. And I was doing a project up in up in Murray, Utah, and there was a brand new road that was installed right behind the house where we were doing the project. And so I took that road to to leave the project one day. And I noticed a wrecking yard that was just, you know, off behind this fence. And the, the road sits a little higher than the fence of the wrecking yard, so you can see right down into it. And I, I noticed there's just, like, rows of buses, uh, bay windows for the most part. I thought I saw one or two split windows, and so I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa slow down. So I backed up, you know, and I took a good look in the, in the yard, and I saw a single cab and a double cab um, kind of just tucked in amongst all these kind of more modern 1970s, you know, Corollas and stuff like that. Um, and so I drove around to the front of the junkyard, and I went in, and uh, it's called All Small Auto, and I, I went in and approached the guy at the counter, and I said, hey, question for you, I'm, I'm a Volkswagen guy, and I noticed you had some some, uh, some buses, and <coughs> uh, I'm familiar with the process here, you know, I've, I've, you know, picked up quite a few buses over time, and so I, I didn't want to approach there really aggressively, because that never seems to work, and I wanted to make sure that the guy knew that, you know, I'm a, I'm a Volkswagen guy, and I'm you know, I know what they cost, and, and I'm willing to pay if it's the right deal. And so I just said, "Hey, I know you got some buses here, and I saw them over the fence as I was driving by on that new road. And you know, is there any chance you'd sell them?" And the guy just goes, "Hold on, let me get my dad." And so Scott comes out, and he's like, "Yeah, what can I help you with?" And I told him, you know, the same story. I'm a Volkswagen guy. I'm interested in some buses. And he goes, he just looks me square in the eye, and he says, "I don't sell parts." And I said. Oh, okay. You know, um, how about if I bought like a whole bus? Like, if there's one back there that maybe I like, I'll, I'll buy it. And he looks at me and he goes, "I'm not selling a bus." So I said, "Well, how about this? Anything you have that's pre-1967, I'd buy them all." And he just kind of stared at me and he looked this blank stare, and I was like, "Oh, great. Here we go. You know, I'm gonna get run out the door." And he goes, "Young man, follow me." And we started to walk out the back. And, like, he's got guard dogs, and they're locking him up and, you know, all this stuff. And so we walked out back of his shop, and he says, are you serious about buying them all? And I said, look, let me get a pen and paper, and I'll write down what I think they're worth, and I'll show you the number at the end, and either you say yay and nay, and I leave. And 
off we go. So I was a little nervous about being too aggressive, and I was a little nervous about leaving too much money on the table, you know, and throwing away good money after bad. And we walked around, and we looked through all of them, and he said the single cab and the double cab weren't for sale. Those were his partners. Um, they've been put away there since, like, the mid-'80s, and they're not interested in selling those ones, but uh, we can walk back through a different section. And so we walked back through all these bay windows, probably, I don't know, 70 or 80 bay windows that were – in all sorts of states of disrepair, you know, cut in half and front ends cut off and missing bumpers and sliders and everything missing. And we go back and we wander through there and there's a Turkish bus that's just like perfect, perfectly preserved, sitting on blocks, no motor, no seats, and completely filled the inside with like, you know, old car parts and mufflers and just random crap from the junkyard. And he says, I usually use this one for storage, but I'd sell this one. And and so I wrote down a price and moved to the next one, and then there was a mango bus, and I was like, oh, you know, that's cool. This is kind of coming together. And uh, so we found a mango bus and a circus bus, and then I wandered back, and there's a double cab, and it is smashed all the way to the front seats. And he <laughs> said, you know, I think I took this bus, this double cab in here about two years after it was new, and it's just been sitting here ever since. And the double cab was missing gates and, you know, stuff like that, but the front was totally smashed. Um, anyway, I, I wander back through a little further, and we find another Mango 11 window. So, you know, now we've got a Turkish bus with a small rear hatch. We've got an early Mango, another early Mango, and uh, this double smash. So there's four buses, and he goes, do me a favor, give me a price on all six. And I'll ask my partner um, if he's interested in selling his two, and and we'll make a deal. And so I walk out front, and I'm writing down some notes, and slid him over the piece of paper. He stares at me, and I'm like, oh, this deal's dead, you know. Yeah. And uh, he goes like, he goes, here's the problem. I need concrete, and you just gave me an offer that's exactly what my concrete bid was. And I was like, what? <laughs> so, and he goes, is that all six buses? And I said, yeah, that's all six. And he's like, let me call my partner. He walked into his office. He walks back out, and he goes, you have all six. He goes, but I don't know how long it's going to take me to move all this stuff. So I said, I'll make you a deal. If you'll do all six, I'll hire a crane, and I'll be here tomorrow. Yeah. And I just kind of looked at him like, like, deal? And he's like, done. He goes, if I don't have to move anything, you can get him out of here. We've got a deal. So I, like, I run out to my car. <laughs> And I get on a little, I get on a little group feed we have with our Volkswagen peeps, you know, kind of our, our small group that puts on the classic. And I said, look, I, I can't tell you guys everything about what I just did, but I'm going to need some help tomorrow. I've got a crane coming and I need five trailers and I'm going to have a trailer. And I've got some buses we need to pick up. And everybody's just, you know, answering back and just freaking out. Keypad and, you know, scrambling, like trying to get back. Of course, there's Tony Brown, you know, who's kind of the, the, figurehead Tony and Sarah who kind of run the show or at least kind of have gotten us started and Tony has to work the next day and he's like you guys suck and this is crazy and what are you doing and so I told him I said I can't I can't spill the beans of what we're doing just be ready about three o'clock I'll send you Texas to where to go I got to make sure I get my other ducks in a row and I got to meet you guys and everybody's like you know what you know what is this like it doesn't we don't where do you find six vehicles you know, six Volkswagens of any sort, let alone all buses. And right, under our nose. So anyways, I called, the crane, I called the crane company, and the guy's like, yeah, we'd love to do this. This would be fun. He's like, just buy a bunch of big straps and, you know, meet us there. So uh, 
The next day, the crane company comes. I walk in with a stack of cash. I hand it to the guy, and I said, are we good? And he's like, yep, we're good. And I said, you got titles? And he's like, nope. And I said, okay, like, I'm not going to worry about it. Let's just go. <laughs> like, I'm not so, going to sweat it over the so details. We, yeah, yeah let's, not, let's not bog this thing down. So I, the deal was done, and I, I was super nervous. He was going to back out, and the crane starts picking buses up, and we start shooting video. And, you know, we're taking buses up over 70-foot trees and setting them on trailers and, you know, it's just one of those things like some of the some of the buses were attached to the ground with foliage, you know, I mean, they got trees growing through the belly pans and, you know, the, the, the underside, you know, over the suspension. So we're like sawzalling stuff off. And the rest of the story goes like this. As we get all the trailers set and everybody starts landing these vehicles on the trailers, you know, like Scott Wyatt comes to me and he's like, Dude, I'm not so sure that that vehicle that just hit my trailer is ever coming off there without going to my house. <laughs> right. And I'm like, Scott, I don't know, you know. I don't know what I want to do yet, you know, and he's like, dude, I'm just telling you right now, there's six of these, let me buy this one. And I'm like, all right, let's 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 make a deal. And so he made me a deal right there, and it was a favorable deal for me, and it could make the whole thing happen. And then, you know, one lands on Pete's trailer, and he's like, I love it. It's not going anywhere. I'll take it to my house, you know. And I'm like, wait, 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 slow down, slow down. You know, and so I couldn't have these, you know, buses in front of my house for all this time, and so I knew I could probably have four trailers, so... We end up taking the smash double cab and all three 11 windows to my house and parking the trailers in front. Scott took the seam gate, uh, the 59 seam gate double cab to his house, and Pete took his, um, what is his, his is single the, cab. Uh, 59 single cab. And it, yeah, it's the logoed foreign auto, logoed yellow um, single cab that was used in production or, or shipping of parts from like. You know, the early 70s all the way through the 90s. And people all over the valley who see it go, like, I remember that thing delivering parts to my shop and stuff like that. So Pete took his, the single cab and, and Scott took the double cab and, and we made deals on both those cars to kind of help me repay back my, my investment. And, you know, I felt like that was a good idea. And, sure. and these cars weren't, they weren't, uh, they weren't perfect. You know, the, the, the seam gate was a hot mess. It, it, it had more holes than Swiss cheese. You know, it was crazy. And and Pete's obviously his was a mess too, and both those guys have just done, you know, yeoman's work on just getting these things back on the road and you know making them safe and drivable and suspensions and steering and you know and now Scott has actually taken his scene gate and he has completely restored it and it's one of the finest double cabs you'll see. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah, Scott's so, Scott's down here in Vegas now, so I I saw that crew cab yeah you know probably six months ago when he was when he first moved down here about maybe a year ago but and so these things yeah i mean sitting in that yard forever in, in salt lake you you truly get four seasons there and you guys get a lot of snow and a lot of runoff and a lot of water yep. on these buses so these things were yep. bar- buried in the ground for 20 plus years yeah you know all the underside you know there's a lot of rot in, in a lot of these buses and some of them were pretty unsafe to even put back on the road unless you're replacing you know some of the some of the structure so you know it, it's a very interesting find but you know we get through this process i've gotten rid of a couple of them and uh i decided to you know take kind of people who are coming to me who are friends of mine who are asking about them and maybe sell off a few more so i, I sold the two mango buses one to, to scott maxwell and one to tony brown um tony put one of them on the road and sold it to don eastman who lives in twin falls idaho now mm-hmm. and don will be down for the classic and he's done a really nice job of, of fixing it up tony kind of got it roadworthy and, and don's put you know new suspension you know new motor uh, i think he went to dub for all his suspension stuff there in st george yeah. um and he's running like a, 
I think he's got 944 brakes on it and the whole deal. So, you know, he's got that one all tricked out and, and, and running good. And, and then Scott Maxwell has taken the other 61 11 window mango and he, uh, just did the whole thing really nice, kind of a custom homemade interior, you know, L-shaped bench in the back for his kids. And, yeah. You know, but it's a great driver. We took, we took it down to Moab for the, for Lynn's birthday one year and we did the Lynn tour down there up in the mountains of Moab and I rode with Scott on that bus and just drives perfect and he's done a nice job with that. Nice. So that, that left me with two cars. It left, it left me with the Turkus 11 window, which, you know, is a fantastic vehicle and it left me with the smash double cab that uh, Pete and Scott like to call the death cab because they figure nobody could have survived that uh, that crash. Yeah, it's pretty rushed so, out, huh? I, I don't know the history behind that. Yeah, I don't know the history behind that, but I know it was it was pretty messy, it looked like. Um, so I, I ended up selling the, or doing a deal with Matt DiNublio, who moved to Arizona on the 11 window, and I ended up restoring the the, um, double, the 67 double cab. So you you decided to put so a whole front clip on I that could, thing. Yeah, we front clipped it. As a matter of fact, it was so smashed that we just decided, you know what? Let's just go crazy. Let's let's have some fun. Let's you know, let's do this thing right. Let's let's go crazy. And so I took it down to Mike at uh, at Wasatch uh, Customs there in in Hurricane, mm-hmm. uh, Wasatch County Customs, and he started working on it. Spent about three years in metal repair and bodywork, and obviously it wasn't first priority. And for me, it, it, I didn't need to have it tomorrow. I've got some fun rides and. So I wasn't pushing super hard. Um, so he, he took that thing in, and we, we front-clipped it. We actually uh, added a fourth door. We added a walkthrough, which I also found the walkthrough bench in the junkyard. Um, so it's oh. kind of fun to add that to it. Nice. Um, we added a fourth door. We added, we added a walkthrough. We added semaphores. Uh, we did a front heater tube delete. We, did, uh, we shaved the front head uh, turn signals. We actually took off the 67... Um, air vents in the back uh, for the engine bay, and we we made those solid and put the pre sixty four vents in on the rear corners. Yeah. Um, so that it looks looks like an older bus. And then I picked up a ton of metal from Classic Fab and new gates, and and then we got it all to that point. And I decided maybe we haven't done enough yet, so we went skylights and ragtop uh, <laughs> from uh, from California from, from Huntington Beach and. From Grumpy's, yep. And so we did that and got it all together, and and it was just still taking way too long. It was about three years down there. Um, and again, I I didn't really push, and and Mike was still getting his other stuff going in his business, and he's a good dude. He worked really hard on it, but I decided it was time to pull it and maybe just put it in my garage for a little while and store it up here in northern Utah. And so I brought that one home, and. Uh, decided to work on it up here and and so I got everything worked worked out to have the final paint job done here and I took it up to have Justin that does all the interior for Dave Kindig up at uh yeah at uh Kindig yeah. design and and Dave came out he was out hanging out in the front with one of those guys and he saw me pull up and we've been friends for a long time and he says hey Cecil what's in the trailer and I said nothing to see here just look away you know right and he's like, no, no, seriously, you're a VW guy. What's in that trailer? And I said, there's a double cab in there. And he goes, open the door. And I'm like, no, look away. <laughs> so he, so I actually went inside, and I was talking to Justin, and I came out, and Dave and about four of his guys are in the trailer just checking this thing out. And he turns to me, and he goes, you know, i got to ask, is it for sale? And I said, look, 
I sold all the other ones. This is the last bus from this collection. This is the last junkyard bus, and I just don't want to sell it. And he's like, I'll make you an offer. And he made me an offer, and I just went, all right. <laughs> Maybe I need to sell it, you know? Right. You can't keep them all, right? Yeah. So the offer was good, and, and I can get some other things done, and so and so I took it. And uh, whether I regret it or not, we'll see down the road. But um, Dave is putting it on the show, Bitchin' Rides, and he has gone all back through all the metal work and the air ride. And, you know, we put 17s on that thing. We tubbed it. You know, he's gone through everything to get it done. And supposedly it's out in Colorado right now getting all the interior done and those things. And, you know, that thing should be bitching, as he says it, you know. It's, so uh, He's let- going to totally make it. Perfect. So on that bus, when you had it over there at Kindig's place, like it was suspension was in it. It was a rolling, like ready to finish off, like get in, get painted, and kind of and finish the interior. Like it was that close. Yeah, it was about three weeks from paint, probably. Really? It probably needed one one more block sand, and we were ready to go. Wow. But it was. But there's still, you know, I mean, when it's that custom, the assembly is crazy, and the interior quote that Justin gave me was crazy. But I was willing to do it because it's just such a one-off car. Yeah, and you're going. And the that only far. reason, and for the purists who watch your show and you know who tune into this stuff, the only reason why I was willing to cut this car up is because it was so smashed. I mean, it it wasn't. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was would, hardly recognizable. But. It was probably destined yeah. for the scrapyard. You know what I mean? With the whole front end totaled like that. I mean, uh, there's not a lot of people that would have gone through that, especially with a late single, a late double cab. You know, a '67 with the big back window. Um, but the reality is, it's your car. So you know, when you just when you start peeling well, off that kind of money, it's like you just take any direction you want to go. Yeah, and the thing was, I I always like to be you know somewhat honest to the craft and to the to the. Volkswagen craft out in the sure you know the history of Volkswagens. I don't like totally crazy stuff. I mean, my my '67 21 windows a little crazy, but I bought it like that. And we enjoy it. It's fun. We call it the hat bus. Nobody sees it. Doesn't smile. It's pretty fun. We you know that's about the elite and just clean show there in Vegas one year. Um, it, it's a fantastic bus, but it's not it, it's not only restored from the beginning now. We've pretty much done everything all over again, but yeah. you know, it's a great bus. But starting from the beginning, I like to try to keep things somewhat original, but a little bit lower modification and better steering tension, those kind of things. Yeah. But with this one, we were just like, man, this thing's cut it. This thing's cut in half. I mean, where do we go from here? You know, there's some things I don't like. Like I don't like suicide doors. It's not my thing. So I didn't want to go that crazy. Sure. You know, I didn't want to do. You know, I don't want to do Lamborghini doors or something nuts. You know, I just. It was. We wanted to keep it where it looks Volkswagen, and you start really looking at it. You see semaphores, you see all this other stuff, and you're like, "Wow!" You know. I mean, we like when we tubbed it, the whole thing just changed. It was just unreal. Yeah. But there's no reason not to tub it. It smashed. It it smashed into the front seats anyway. You know. Yeah. So. No, when you've got when you've got that much metal work to get into it, I mean, it's it's like no holds barred at that point. Yeah. Well, and and as the story goes, you know, still with the six buses we pull out of the junkyard. You know, I, I did this deal with Dave Kendig. I instantly went to messaging my guys from the VW Classic group that, you know, helps with that show. And I said, if anybody gets the opportunity to buy any of those buses back, if they come up for sale, I want you to call me right now. Like, I I, I need to have one of those just in my world, right? Right. So, um, about two weeks later, two weeks later, Scott Wyatt was able to buy the 11 window from Matt DiNublio in Arizona. 
and Matt sold it to him, and Scott called me and says, okay, I got possession of it. You can buy it. And so I bought it back from, from Scott, essentially, but really Matt with Matt's blessing and stuff. So, you know, I bought that 11 window back, and it's got a big old motor in it. It's been lowered and stuff. And, you know, it's fun to drive around and just kind of do the thing, but it's it's really one of the collection, you know. I yeah. got to. I gotta have that. So, so um, yeah, it's really fun. So right, so as it stands right now, Don Eastman owns which one? He owns a mango. Don Eastman owns the he owns the '61 Mango. Um, it's got the Dub Fab suspension, the 944 brake system, and it's been it's got a really nice kind of interior kit in it put in it, but it's just all original. It looks it looks like it came out of the junkyard yesterday. And then Pete's got and the '59 single cab. '59 single cab with the logos from Foreign Aid. Yeah. Yep. And then and Scott's got the 59 seam gate. Yeah, 59 seam gate, Scott uh, Wyatt. Yep, now he's in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And then um, uh, Scott Maxwell, who works up here at the Volkswagen dealership, he has the 6111 window microbus, uh, the other Mango, and that's restored more original stance and original looking on the outside, but he did put a custom interior in it. Nice. So, uh, and then, and then I, and then I, you, I have the sixty-two eleven window, and Dave Dave Kindig has the sixty-seven double cab. Yeah, that's uh, that's. I mean that that's a pretty awesome story, man. That you're able to go in and, you know, what what's probably got to get Tony and all those guys upset is they probably knew about all those cars and that like you your timing was just perfect. <laughs> and yeah. and you just kind of came in there and nailed the deal, and so I mean. I think that's pretty awesome in and of itself because uh, I mean I could see Tony getting a little frustrated, like, dude, how come you, how come you're the guy? <laughs> yeah. But uh, well, the funny thing is, I don't. I know that Tony has gone there looking for parts and different things, you know. But I don't, you know, the the guy's concept there was the split windows are untouchable. Like, leave them alone. I'm not sure what I'm doing with those. You know, those kind. Yeah. And I he, think what happened is just the perfect timing between when he needed some concrete done and when I walked in. the you know, I don't think there was any guy going, hey, i got to sell these buses, let's put them on the internet, whatever. He needed some concrete work done. I walked in, timing was perfect, and I, I probably handled it the right way. You know, if I would have gone in more aggressively, he would have told me to pound sand. But, sure. You know, he was really he was really good about it. And it's funny because at the Classic that next year, no less than 10 or 12 people that I have never met walked up to me and said, oh, you're Cecil. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, you're an a-hole. Or, really? How dare you go in there and take all those buses? And I was like, I was like, dude, like, don't shoot the messenger, <laughs> you know, you know. And there were there were some guys who were really upset. I mean, I've never met these guys, so you know, sure. I hope I'm not offending them, but they were pretty upset. But in the, at the end of the day, I just went for the approach that the guy gave me. I mean, I buy one bus, so you know, I didn't think I had the finances to buy them all. Right. And 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 quite frankly, I, I had to hurry and sell half of them to make it so I could haul them. You know, so. I mean, there were some guys who tried to buy those for years, and I get it. We've all been there. Um, but the guy wasn't selling. And, and I walked in that day, and it was just the right – he's in the right mood, and, you know, and it all worked out. And I know that Pete's brought his single cab back there. I brought the uh, the 11 window back there a little while ago and just drove in to say hi to the guys. And, you know, they really appreciated being involved in the story and the fact that we went that, – that it was maybe, in my opinion, maybe some people, not other people's opinion – but I think it was the right group of people to buy these cars. Guys who would actually spend the money, guys who would put them on the road, guys who weren't going to take them. I mean, nobody took one of these cars and put them on Samba and said, let's part with this car and make a bunch of money. You know, 
everybody, I mean, the guy, if I told you what I sold them for, you would laugh at me. Like, why would you dare do that? But I felt like as a VW community, it was a community buy, you know. Well, I was the guy who was purchasing them, but I didn't feel like it was right for me to take them. Yeah, I mean, you know, so are you saying you sold them to everybody for fair prices? Like you did, everybody got a good deal on the buses, like all the people in the circle, you know? I mean, really. The, 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 price, the prices for what we have today for anything close to this are laughable. Like, I mean. It's, oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, the, the reality is with selling buses like this, you know, if, if you come across a deal and, and usually like true VW enthusiasts realize like, I mean, you realize that if you didn't have the answers you had, like somebody would have came in there, tried to negotiate a deal. The next day the guy would have said, ah, oh, screw it. I don't want to move all this crap. I don't want to deal with this. Just forget it. And you know, yeah. with you being there and having the tenacity to say like, you know what, I'll, I'll have a crane here tomorrow, man. Let me help. Let me make your life real easy right now and get these things moving, you know, and to come across a, a find like that and then to be able to turn to your friends and say like, all right guys, well, I, I scored all these buses and I really wasn't looking for all of them, but that was the only way he was going to sell them. And so I want to, you know, probably everybody goes in wanting the double cabs and then to be able to, um, you know, it, it's an interesting thing because I felt from the minute that I bought them, like I have a yard, I had a yard at the time. Like I had a big dirt area with gravel and I could have easily moved six buses to my yard and just parked them sure. and just decided to wait and see when things are right. And, but the, my feeling was instantly like, look, I don't know if that makes sense in the overall scheme of what we're trying to accomplish here in the Volkswagen community. And I can't personally take the responsibility to put these six really difficult restoration buses back on the road. It's just, it's so much work and so much money that, you know, I just felt like it was best to maybe just involve my group and, and say, Hey, look, and, and, you know, my challenge would be, if, if you want to do it and you think it's something that's really cool and somebody thinks it's a good idea to go do something like this, get your group together and go find them and like, you know, do the oh, hunt. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I, you, you know, you know, that's the, but that's, I, I don't know. It, it was, it was I, I think the cool part right. is, is on these, on, on, with these stories are in every city In every city there's, cause usually at least from my experience, I've always realized that somebody that's got one Volkswagen usually has two, whether they're a, a junkyard or they're a private person or whatever, especially here in Nevada because the parts are so interchangeable and people would buy a bug or a Baja and then they would buy a bus to scavenge the motor out of it to put inside the Baja or whatever. And so every time I've, I've run across fines like that, it's usually two, three or four more. And actually, as I'm speaking right now, there's three in, in my side yard right now that are, that are kind of on a standby hiatus of getting restored or built. But you know, when you come across these things, uh, I ran across a find um, about a week ago. A guy calls me, his parents, uh, his uncle had passed away. And he said, oh, you're into Volkswagens, aren't you? I said, yeah, a little bit. And he says, well, would you want to come by and tell me what everything's worth? And so I went by to look at everything. And I thought, you know, he had like a Baja and had a kit car and then um, a bunch of, you know, type three beams and just the, 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 the dad was like a Baja guy or something like that. And so, but the place was just, right. just the guy was a little bit of a hoarder and it was just spilling over with parts and stuff. And I, and I said, and he says, Oh, I got this brand new engine over here. This is worth a lot of money. And I said, you know, look, who even knows how brand new the engine is. It, it's got some used parts on it and whatever. I mean, you could say it's worth whatever it is, but you know, here's the deal. And this is what I think the whole lot's worth. And I mean, it's getting, is it getting you top dollar? Um, I don't know because I don't know what everything's here. My 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 thing is sight unseen. Based on here, I'm taking a bit of a gamble, and I'm hoping there's a few gems I pull out of the deal. 
But in the same respect, I looked at it like I don't really need it because it's sometimes more work than it. When you've got your collection, it's kind of more work than it needs to be. But you don't want to see the stuff get scrapped or trashed because that's what will happen over time. You know, so right. I think as VW guys, we have this this obligation to like try to salvage what we can. And even if we can't use it for us, at least get it to some people that are going to build those cars. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, and, and you know, if you have the right community people, I mean, we constantly have this feed. I mean, we talk every single day, I think, within our group about random stuff, you know, college sports and, you know, whatever, and camping trips and different things that we're doing. And so we're, we're friends aside from just being VW guys. And I know that you guys probably the same way, right? Oh, absolutely. But the, the biggest thing is, is that when you're pulling these kind of vehicles out, you know, when I when I roll up in front of my house and we start unhooking trailer after trailer and we got four trailers with ratty, nasty, weed-filled, tree-filled, you know, 11 windows and one double cap parked in front of my house for a week, and my neighbors come over and they're like, this is the coolest thing ever. Oh, my gosh, where'd you find these? You know, it's all about the approach, you know. It's all about the community within the Volkswagen world, but also other people. Like, my neighbors didn't care. Those were there for you know, Sydney never came by and said, hey, we have a complaint. Yeah. You know, we, we kept them on the trailers, and we got them out of there one by one. And, you know, and, and just creating that community around the Volkswagen scene is the reason that I have my 64 21 window, you know. And it's a clone 21 window, but I'm in California. If you're a Volkswagen guy, I got one first. Do you want to buy it? This is about a I'm like, what is it? You know, he sends me a picture. And it's an almost flawless uh, 13 window, but the whole top is all crushed and like somebody had run back and forth on it, but everything else is perfect. So I was like, well, let's get it here. So I made the deal and I bought it, but it was all based on the fact that he's seen what we did with the John buses and he's seen what we did with my 67 and, you know, different things like that. And yeah. so we were able to save another one. Now that one's a completely restored original paint. Original paint. It's a 21 window now because I had to replace the roof and I thought, what the heck, why not? So, yeah, no, listen, and that's part of the thing. It's your bus, and I know with my bus, you know, my 67 I just had up there, I had uh, I had Joe doing a roof section on it, and that's now my brother's shop getting finished up. And some people are like, man, I can't believe you're going to put that top in your bus. And I'm like, it's my bus. Like, I, I want to make my bus the way I want my bus, so I don't plan. I'm not building it to sell it as a – as an imposter of this or that, I'm like, I'm building it for me. And, and sometimes people get a little too sensitive. Like the, the, the people that came up to you and gave you a hard time after you bought those buses that were all bitter about something. It's like, you can't be bitter about it. Go find your own deal. You know what I mean? Like, or oh, I've been working on those things for years. Yeah. Like, well, you've been working on them wrong. Cause I seem to come in and close the deal in five minutes. And some people, you just gotta, can't accept that it's just timing, timing and luck sometimes. And, and you walk in the right mood and get the guy to let go of those buses. I mean, that's pretty awesome. That's a pretty awesome deal. So, but, and the thing was, is my my approach. Like I, I've done this before. You know, I've had guys. We had a bus in Ohio that a family member stumbled across a 23 window in the front yard with flower pots in the windows. And I'm like, I went back and forth with the guy, and I was trying to be a little aggressive. Like, look, I'll get a trailer and come right now. And the guy just was like, screw you. Yeah. Like you're not taking my flower pot. Like you know. And I was like, what do you mean, screw me? It's a 23. Get it out of your yard. Let's restore it. And the guy's like, no. No interest. Yeah. And he finally told me, stop calling me. And I called him for three years, you know. So, I mean, you can't, you can't win them all. But I learned a lot from that approach of like, hey, look, i gotta, I got to be a little softer. You know, maybe people don't, you know, if I had them in my front yard and somebody came to me and said, tell it to me, you know, I, I don't know. I, I might be offended by that too. So I just went about with a totally different approach, which was, look, will you sell me a park? No. You sell me a bus? No. 
will you sell me all of them? And the guy was just like, let's walk. So, you know, just, I, I don't know. It's the timing. It's the approach. You know, it's all luck. I guess that is Yeah, no, that, that, that's a pretty lucky deal. I mean, I, I'm excited to go because I'm coming up for the Classic this year, so I'm excited to see him. Uh, to see, and I really think you guys should display them all together. Um, the story is definitely worth yeah. telling and listening to. It's a great story. I mean, I, th- that's the reason why I got to on the podcast is because I've been talking to Pete and talking to all these guys about the story. And I'm like, man, I got to get the story on, you know, recorded because yeah. it, it, it's just the things that we as VW enthusiasts like we live for. It's like the thrill of the hunt is so fun, and to be able to catch that, you know, catch that fire, man, and and, and bring that thing back, and you know, people people dream of doing deals like that. And a lot of, you know, my bus, I, I bought my bus, you know, in the middle of nowhere and, and the deal that I got on it just worked perfect for me. Cause I didn't have any money at the time when I bought it. And, and it, it was just a, a perfect deal. And now it's like yeah. something that, that means so much to my family. You know, it's just something that yeah I got, my kids got memories in it and everybody's just connected to it in every way. So yeah, that's, it, that's a great story, man. And I'm, and I'm looking forward to coming up there, Salt Lake. We're going to talk about the, the Salt Lake VW Classic is going to be coming up uh, September 14th, and the 13th is going to be at uh, Town Southtown VW. There's Southtown going to be VW. yeah, there's like a pre meet that's going to be over there. So if you guys are going to be in town uh, or coming up for that, for sure, come check out the uh, the junkyard buses, man. I think it's uh, I think it's just such a such a great story, and I'm glad to see that they're all on the road, being preserved at different levels of preservation, and that you know, the most important things happen is that these buses have gotten back on the road. You know, that's, that's the big thing. And, and that, you know, for a person that gets bitter because they wanted it, I mean, look, that's more of a greedy thing. Like for me, Hey man, am I jealous? Everybody's a little bit jealous probably, but I'm more stoked that those buses are back on the road and more people were able to buy buses, especially if they were able to get them for affordable prices and not have to get gouged like everybody's getting right now, because that's kind of the worst part. Yeah of the VW scene right now is everybody, I mean, everybody's trying to gouge everybody for crazy prices for stuff. That's, you know, not so rare. So, you know, yeah, with yeah. The, the new steel bodies and stuff coming out, with the new steel bodies and everything coming out. I mean, you're able to buy a complete 21 window for $25,000, all brand new steel from front, no skin to, to back corners and the whole thing's complete with doors and everything on it. So I'm kind of glad that's coming out because, it may check a lot of the buses that need full restoration because people don't get it. You buy a bus that's all rotted from, you know, from the lower six inches all the way around, that's 15 grand in metal work. I don't care who you are. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's just a time-money equation, so sometimes it just makes more sense that well, you, people get clean stuff. You know, my, my challenge is always, you know, working as a community to, to make it a, a fun hobby. You know, I mean, the thing that's driven the prices up is is the rarity of them and the people that won't sell them if there's a lot more for sale the prices would come down you know but they're such a cool thing to have and you know it's a fun community to be in and most vw people are awesome and we just really have enjoyed my kids love going to the shows my wife loves it you know um you know we can keep it all in the family in a sense and you know it's kind of fun to to stumble over to rick burks's house and see what porsche drug out of colorado or stumble up to chief joe's house and see you know, who's doing a, a, a skylight or, you know, a 23 or 21 window out of their 15 or 13 or even 11 window and what he's doing with that stuff. And all that stuff's available to us now. We can all build the cars we want to build and drive. You know, I, I think the uh, the only thing in the in the VW community that kind of hurts it maybe is 
you know, the honesty of it, you know, is like, hey, if this is a, a 23 window clone, it's a clone, you know, it's no big deal. It's a great yeah. car. Enjoy it. Drive it. You know, and you got the originals. You get, you know, you just had to know your stuff enough to be able to decipher one from the other. And, you know, I, I ran into somebody at the DMV the other day that had a 23 window on a trailer and the lady was sitting outside by it. And I said, Hey, you mind if I look at it? And she's like, Oh, we just bought this out of California. And, you know, she was all happy about it. And I peeked underneath, no belly pans. It was clearly a, 74 or 75 or whatever they are brazilian car and yeah she yeah. said well the guy got it out of brazil and just we got we got the smoke in his deal ever and you know yeah. and she thinks it's an original 23 window and i kind of feel bad because i can't control that environment but you know if we know if we know our business I mean, what we're dealing with it's a great ride her and her husband love it my business say what they do and what they don't with it you know do whatever you want you know but you know, as long as everybody keeps it on the end, like they're getting fair deal and good rides and stuff like that. The stuff that Dave Kinding has done, you know, the rides with go Volkswagens and having the Barrett Jackson and stuff have really helped push the prices up. And then some people think that's really hurt push the prices up. You know, I don't know how you look at it, but when top end buses are worth top end money with any other car, I think it's good for, for Volkswagen. It's harder to get them and it's a little bit harder to, to get them going, but it, it's good for, you know, in my opinion, it's good for the, for the, hobby yeah no i i i agree i think uh i think the 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 crime that i see in customizing your bus to be a a micro bus you know a 21 or 23 window bus the crime i see is if you're doing it for the purpose of profiting like that's that that's where i see an issue if you're doing it for you by all means man build your bus the way it is and as long as you clearly disclaim the fact that like hey this bus is you know, I, we added the roof section or, you know, here's the, here's the difference. As long as it's full disclosure, there's nothing wrong with that because it's, it's still, when it's all said and done, someone might say, oh, that's fake or that's been made. It's still a 21 window bus. It still has the roof section. And even though the roof section was put in so many years later, they're custom anyway. And it's like, like with my bus, I'm really, I, I want the skylights in 23, the skylights in the, I'm sorry, skylights in the, the, Converted mine to a 21 window just because I've always wanted a 21 window. My brother was giving me a hard time on it. He's like, why don't you just buy a 21? I'm like, because I've already got my bus and I've already been through that. And it's a whole lot easier for me to do it to a bus that I love because it just makes my... It just makes my bus that much that much more meaningful to me, especially because I've had it for so long and I get to do a little bit of extra stuff to it to kind of reinvigorate that passion that you had for it. Cause sometimes we get a little jaded, you know, you get a car that's been on the road so long, you kind of just like yeah. tuck it in the corner and think no big deal. And then when you start kind of blowing the dust off and, and doing some, you know, some stuff that you wanted to do to it, it's a different, it's a different deal altogether, you know? Yeah. And the thing is, is I mean, at the end of the day, like you said earlier, it's your bus. I mean, it's the evolution of your bus, you know, your, your bus's evolution didn't stop the day you bought it. You know, in a sense, the people, you know, it's like, well, then why doesn't it have a six-volt still? You know, I mean, yeah. that's the original. Why didn't you leave that alone? You know, I mean, you, you could start and stop that conversation anywhere. You know, my feeling is to each his own. The people who want to make them really pure and really original go, you know. Yeah. No, I get it, man. Well, shoot, I appreciate you. I appreciate you for coming on and uh, and telling me the story of the junkyard buses, man. I'm uh, I'm glad we got it. Uh, we got it down in the history recorded and we may do some follow-up check-ins with like Pete, you know, Pete and Scott and some of the guys and just kind of follow up with them and see the condition of that. And we'll put, we'll put a couple, uh, a couple links on the let's talk dubs blog 
in regards to the pictures and videos that are out in regards to the junkyard buses and them getting salvaged. The great part is that you got it all on video and all that. Yeah. You know, that's. So we're going to, I'm going to bring, I'm going to bring some poster boards to the classic of each bus. You'll have to ride. It'll be kind of a fun time to kind of see where they've gone. Where they've gone. And then you and your smell a few more to go. I mean, they've, they came out in 2015. So they've been out, this is the fourth year they've been out of the junkyard. So, you know, who knows what happens next. Well, that's cool, man. Well, shoot, Cecil, I look forward to seeing you up there at the show, man. I appreciate you. You got some nice cars, and uh, I look forward to seeing you um, on the 13th. I'll be out 13th on that uh, at Southtown VW and the 14th at the uh, Utah VW Classic. And if any of you guys are thinking about going to the show up there, for sure go out there and check out the Junkyard Buses. It's just worth it's worth checking them out for the story, and it's a cool car show to begin with. So, um, Cecil, anybody want to get a hold of you? How do they get a hold of you? Well, cool, man. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast, brother. I appreciate it, and uh, and this uh, this will be out probably in the next uh, the, the next week or so. So uh, we'll get it out for sure before the Utah Classic. Sounds good. All right, buddy. I appreciate it. Awesome. Have a great day, and I'll see you soon. You got it. Well, that's the story. So if you guys dig that podcast and you like what you heard there, make sure you go to letstalkdubs.com, give us some feedback. Uh, Go on there, fill out some contact information, get on our mailing list because I'm working on some things right now, and the people that sign up for the mailing list will be the first ones to know. So make sure you go to letstalkdubs.com, get that set up. If you like what you're hearing and you want to support the podcast, go to letstalkdubs.com, go to the store, buy some merch, buy a simple sticker pack, and help support the podcast. Nothing better than getting some feedback. So appreciate you guys. Later.